0: Super cool radio. hello everyone and welcome back to another great super cool radio interview i'm your host as always matthew thomas thank you so much for tuning in I got a great guest joining me at this time. I'm super excited to chat with her. She's me, me, a yeah. let me retry that. This is pre-tape, <laughs> so I let me retry that. <laughs> Already off to a great start. I'm,
1: it's great. It's good.
0: <laughs> I, I am a professional, at least most of the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs>
0: You know what? I'm just going to keep that in. We'll just roll with that. She's an amazing <laughs> musician from Detroit, Michigan. Please welcome Josie Pace.
1: Hello. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm glad I went for that intro flawlessly.
1: <laughs> it was perfect in my book.
0: And that's all that matters. So I know we got a lot to discuss. I know you're working on a new album. you got some killer shows coming up. So we'll be getting to discuss all of that in just a little bit. I have a fun question to kick off this interview that I've been asking my guests this season. Uh, So if you could have dinner with any two musicians, living or deceased, who would they be?
1: Oh, man. Uh, My first instinct would be uh, Glenn Frey from the Eagles, because I'm a huge Eagles fan. I grew up on, like, classic rock. So I feel like that would be my first pick. And then my second pick would have to be, I want to say Jimi Hendrix because I, that was like my first like rock and roll God that I looked up to when I was younger. And that's like, when I first started playing guitar, I was like, Oh my gosh, Jimi Hendrix is so cool. I want to be just like him. So I feel like it'd be Glenn Frey and Jimi Hendrix for sure.
0: Amazing picks. Very solid picks. hundred (laughs) percent. I, 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 very much enjoyed the Eagles and Jimi Hendrix, especially Jimi Hendrix, because oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was like 16, 17 is when I really started listening to Jimi Hendrix and yeah. just blew my mind with his guitar work.
1: Oh, for sure. I, I remember in school I had like, a, I think she was a lunch lady who knew that I was like into music when I was really, really young. And she had given me this burned CD of Jimi Hendrix playing uh the national anthem into purple haze and i just listened to it on repeat because it was just one song and i was just like oh my gosh this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) she was so cool
0: (laughs) that is awesome like i i never had a lunch lady that cool that is awesome
1: (laughs) she was the only cool one that i remember
0: (laughs) (laughs) at least at least there's one there's always that one (laughs) All right, so now focusing on uh, you now, so uh, what inspired you to uh, pursue music? Like, Was there any like, particular people, musicians, concerts that inspired you?
1: Well, I had known I wanted to go into music when I was really, really young, because there was a lot of musicians in my family. And my dad actually was like, kind of like the main person to like, really push me into it. He plays the bass guitar, and he's a singer. And like, I just grew up around all of that music that he was doing. So then I was like, oh, you know, I could do this. This could be my job when I grow up. So they got me into guitar lessons really young. And I was singing in church and everything and like doing all these talent shows and whatever. And I was like, I could actually like pursue this. And then they're like, you know, if, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to start writing your own songs. And I was like, oh, well, I can do that too. So I started writing really young. And then I had a writing teacher that would help me like, you know, get better at songwriting, whatever. And obviously growing up on the Eagles, I learned a lot from their songwriting and all the classic rock writers and everything. So it was just like being around music my entire life really ingrained it into me. But if we're talking like musicians, I mean, obviously the Eagles I grew up with, Styx was a big one that I really, really liked. Mario Speedwagon, Joan Jett, Pat Benatar, Prince was huge in my house. My mom listened to Prince every Sunday while we cleaned. It was like a ritual. Every Sunday she turned on Prince, and I'm like, oh no, we gotta start cleaning the house. <laughs> but we'd all sing the Prince the Prince songs while we were cleaning and whatever. So it was just like being around music and having a musical family was always how all of us, me and my siblings, were brought up. And we all kind of pursued music in our own ways, but mine is a little bit bigger (laughs) than
0: theirs. No, yeah, I got you for sure. I mean, uh, cleaning the house is a lot more entertaining with prints. I can can definitely say that. (laughs) So um, what was the the best advice uh, your dad uh, gave you about being a musician or pursuing music?
1: I think the best advice would just be to be myself and stay true to who I am. And the second best advice he gave me was to always show your gratitude to everyone and always say thank you. So I like, I always made thank you cards, no matter what I did. Like if we had some sort of like record release or music video release party, I would send thank you cards to everybody that I knew came out. My mom be like, oh, you gotta sign these thank you cards. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'll sign all of these thank you cards and send them out to people I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, staying true to who you are and just being grateful and being humble is like the biggest, Thing that you could do in this line of work, well, with any line of work, really, but it's it's really important for me in this line of work to stay humble and be grateful and stay me and not anybody else and not have anybody mold me into something that they want me to be.
0: Oh, no, for sure. Very solid advice. And, you know, um, really, again, any line of work, especially in entertainment and music, you know, saying thank you goes a long way. Definitely. Um, No
1: one says thank you anymore. It's so weird.
0: (laughs) I know. I'll
1: say thank you like four times. I'm like, thank you. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) But it it goes a long way and probably because not many people say it anymore. But like, I know I I try to say thank you, you know, for, you know, digitally in for whoever I meet, I always try to say thank you just because it does go a long way. And it means just simple words that mean so much.
1: They do. Definitely.
0: So, no, really great advice, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad, uh, you know, kind of set you on the right path, you know, on the right track for uh, for uh, stuff later on as well.
1: We can, all, we can always hope, man.
0: <laughs> man. that is true. That is true. So I do want to flash forward a little bit. I know you were doing, like, acoustic shows, um, you know, for a while, uh, but then you met uh, Ken Roberts because he was um, internet stalking you for a little bit. Is that correct? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. I love how everybody <laughs> says it that way now.
0: <laughs> well, that's how I've heard in previous interviews, so I, I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> um, so uh, I know, again, big uh, from the parts I've put together for the stuff, so uh, he messaged you, you ghosted him for a while, and then a mutual friend kind of put you guys, like, reestablished the connection. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I was younger, uh, well, when we had first started talking, um, I had someone message me on Facebook. It wasn't Ken, it was like some random guy. And he said that he was a producer and all of the things that Ken had also said. And then he said, I could really help you with your songwriting if you come over and let me hypnotize you in my basement. And I was like, okay, I don't think you're a real producer, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. (laughs) So I was like, once I got Ken's message, I was like, oh, it's probably another guy saying he could hypnotize me in his basement. But no, uh, I was doing a photo shoot with a friend of mine who was also Ken's friend, Scott Sprague. We were doing a photo shoot and he called him and he was like, can you please just tell her that I'm not a creep? Tell her that I'm not going to hypnotize her in her basement. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. you know. And uh, we met up Uh, at the studio and we had just kind of started working on what we thought would be cool and just kind of seeing where it goes. And then once I wrote um, the song Torn, which was I think our first single that we released, it kind of just blossomed from there and we kind of found our sound, which was like electronic but rock based, obviously with the classic rock upbringing that I had. But um, yeah, we've been working together for years and years. And we're working on a second album now, just keep pushing it and hopefully hopefully the second album is as good as the first.
0: I, I definitely hope so too. And I know we're going to be discussing that very soon. So Ken hasn't hypnotized uh, you in his basement yet. Has he?
1: <laughs> we joke around and say that he has hypnotized me and this is all a dream, but I'm hoping that's not true. <laughs> I, I,
0: I hope I hope not either. <laughs> um, but going to, to the previous message about hypnotizing someone in the basement, that is a bold move to start off with. And just, I know. Just bold the message.
1: audacity that some people have is just crazy to me. I'm like, who would say that?
0: yeah i yeah that, that's a good question because i don't know <laughs> definitely not I, i'm glad you responded to my email by the way i, I appreciate it <laughs> i did not didn't
1: say anything about hypnotizing me so.
0: i know I, I left that out that's that'll be my follow-up email <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh before we start off on the new music so i i heard in a previous interview that like ken kind of showed like when you're kind of building a sound that ken like um uh, showed you some different bands uh, like during that time period. What were some bands that he showed you that kind of stuck with you? I'm, yeah. just, I'm just out of my curiosity.
1: Uh, growing up, obviously, was like classic rock. And then I got into this emo phase that I still am in. <laughs> I'm still like a little emo kid at heart. So there's like um, My Chemical Romance, uh, Family Force 5, stuff like that, you know, the general emo ness. And obviously I knew who Nine Inch Nails was, but I didn't really get into them yet, and he had shown me Nine Inch Nails, and I was like, oh, I know them, but like, I never really dive into it and listen. But after he showed me them, he showed me IMX, which is a huge band that we are so influenced by. We actually just saw them in concert here in Michigan, and they're just amazing. Uh, Sneaker Pimps is another band that's super cool that I love. Ministry, uh, Revolting Cox, you know, like all the old industrial and like the real gritty industrial songs and music that he was into. Like, I mean, he grew up in that time and I was like, yeah, I didn't grow up in that time. So it wasn't like there for me until he showed me that, but I always try to pull from everything that I like, no matter what genre it is. So like, I mean, I love old country music too. So like the songwriting from the Eagles mixed with uh, the music from Nine Inch Nails and then like the vocals from like Pat Benatar or something. It just all comes in to like make something fresh and new, which I think that a lot of music is lacking nowadays. And I try to tell everybody that it's okay to like more than one thing. You don't have to gatekeep and you don't have to be part of just one click anymore. Like it's it's okay. You can you can like this and that at the same time. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. I, you know, I, I always try to, you know, learn, you know, um, discover new genres and new bands and stuff. I, I'm always trying to expand my horizons. Definitely. And because uh, it's just so cool. That's what kind of drawn me uh, to your style of music because it was so unique that it, um, you know, like some band you can tell is like it's definitely influenced by this. With you, like it's it, so many different influences in there to make that unique sound.
1: Right. And I think that's kind of um, both the way that I was raised on what kind of music I was raised and the fact that myself and Ken both have a say in what the music is going to sound like since we have two different kind of genre bases. Like he likes some things and I like those things less and I like this more than he does, but it just kind of comes together in this weird electronic mess of a way that sounds really clean, but is like super dirty at the same time. And I'm just honestly, I'm really happy that it turned out that way. (laughs) <laughs> you never know. Sometimes, you know.
0: <laughs> no, that that is that is true. But uh, what when what I realized about your guys sound like it has that rock like kind of like elements to it, but like there's no guitars in it. Right. Like, when I discovered that, I was like, oh man, it sounds like rock. You know, has that rock sound to it, but like there are no guitars in there.
1: Right. Right. And uh, I think that's kind of when we had started it, we were like, well, the only actual live instrument per se would be the drums and we have real drums on all of the tracks and there will be real drums on the new album as well but we're not telling anybody who the drummer is yet because it's super exciting and we haven't released that information but the fact that i still write all of the songs on guitar first i think translates really well into creating this electronic but rock sound too so i don't know it's just like the what's the word? The pureness of having an acoustic instrument first and then translating it into electronic music really makes it a difference in what it sounds like in the end.
0: Oh well, no, for sure. Cause you have that kind of base to work with, and then you kind right. of, you know, transform it into the sound it's going to sound like if that exactly. makes any sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ken pulls from like, uh, Black Sabbath all the time. He's like, okay, so what are they doing on the guitar? And how do I do that on this Moog synth? And like, he, he does it he translates it into a synth line that could be a guitar line and kind of sounds like a guitar line with all the distortion that we put on it which is super cool i mean sometimes people are like wow is, is that a guitar and we're like no <laughs> it's not
0: <laughs> oh no for sure but it kind of has that it has that same kind of um, you know it kind of mimics that in a little bit but without using a guitar it, it is it's really cool like just how you guys are able to do that thank you so now, since we are talking a lot about the, your music, I did want to talk about... So obviously, as I said, you are working on currently a new album.
1: Yes, I so am. So
0: how has that process been going?
1: Oh, man. Everybody says the second album's like the hardest album to write, and they are correct. I, I had written... We started this year, and I had written, I think, three songs originally, and we had played one of the new songs on my tour I did last year. So that one was kind of like done and in the can and we're like, okay, so this is kind of the blueprint for the next album. And then I wrote, I think like six more songs and we cut more than half of them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to write. I just, you have to keep writing and writing and writing and writing, and you have to pick from the ones. and. Sometimes you don't use 20 of them, but you use two of them, which is a little disheartening, but it's just the way that it works. So we've got a good lineup. I think we have like five songs now and I've got to write a few more obviously, but uh, it's really, really coming together and it's really eclectic and a lot different than the first album with keeping like the edge, but the writing style and the way I write and what I'm writing about has matured so much from The Noxious album, and I think that's just—I mean, obviously, I've grown up a lot since the Noxious album came out, and since I wrote a lot of those songs before the Noxious Noxious album came out. I mean, I'm gonna be 29 tomorrow, so (laughs) I've done a lot of growing up lately. (laughs) But it's going really, really well, and we have um, a co-producer that we're working with who is also going to be the drummer on all of the songs, which I'm so excited to tell everybody, but I just can't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm hoping to release that information in August, when uh, before or after we play the shows in August, but uh, I think everybody's going to be delightfully surprised at who we got to co-produce and drum for this album.
0: Well, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, hearing who that is. Hopefully, in the next upcoming weeks.
1: Oh yeah! Uh, (laughs)
0: Also, happy early birthday! I didn't I didn't know that. (laughs) Doing this interview the day before your birthday, but that's okay. (laughs) Well, I I do hope you have a great birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Um. So, can you give like um some hints of what people can expect from this new album?
1: We pulled a lot from Prince on this album, and. it's definitely got a lot of funk and a lot of it. the first album we did we always joked that it was all bangers no ballads and it it really was all bangers and no ballads and this album definitely has some really 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 cool bangers that I love but the slow weird ones that we have on this album are like I okay I always think they're not as weird as they are but Ken's like. These songs are so weird. I don't know if people are gonna like them. <laughs> I was like, "Well, don't say that. Don't don't say that they're not gonna like them. They could like them." But yeah, it's it's very Prince-driven and uh, a little more. Um, we ride the line of the pop edge a little bit more on this one. Just we want to try and put it on the radio and get other people to hear it more than the last album was. So it's very hooky, very funky. Still got our edge and our dirtiness to it but it's it's very prince like which i'm totally cool with
0: (laughs) i'm definitely very intrigued to hear this album now just uh, (laughs) because what you've been kind of describing also kind of your sound in general from the previous music i am very curious how this album's going to turn out
1: (laughs) it's definitely fun I, i i'm loving it already so
0: well, I'm I'm glad you're having a, a great time, kind of you know, writing and recording with everything. I know you've had some road roadblocks, speed bumps along the way, but I hope <laughs> um, hope the rest goes uh, very smooth smoothly for you okay. for the new album. Thank you. So I'm curious for you said another new question I've been asking this season. So I know and you are you know in the process of uh, writing and recording new music. When you release new music or a new album, I know like when I release like new videos and interviews, there's always part of me that's like, is people going to like this? Are people going to care if I release this? Do you have any similar feelings when you release a new music or new album?
1: I, I do, but I also think I love when people enjoy my music and I love when people can relate to my music. And I love that people come out and support me at shows and they come see me at the merch table and they say hello and they like get all excited to see me. It's definitely, it's an unreal feeling to perform live for people that really enjoy what you're doing. But if people didn't like my music, I would still like my music and I would still be okay with it. As long as they're not like coming at me like online or anything. (laughs) Like if if you hate on me online, like it's inevitable, but like, why? you know, But I think the overall thing for me is just, it's for me to begin with. I do this for myself and I write to get things out of me. And it's more of like a therapy for me than anything else. But the fact that people love it so much and they come to see me is just like icing on the cake. So they could love it, they could hate it. And some do and some don't. So... You know, what you like is what you like, and you don't have to like what I do. And that's okay. Like, I don't like a lot of stuff. So, not everybody's going to like everything.
0: Be- very nice, and very very well worded with that answer. Uh-huh. I-, I really like that. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, people are going to like what they like. They don't like what they don't like. I mean, it- it's the yeah. world. There's plenty of people are going to like something, plenty of people are not. It-, it is what it is with that.
1: Exactly. I don't think people realize that, like, it's okay to not like Like, you don't have to be mean about it. Like, I totally do not like a lot of things. And that's cool. I don't go around and be like, oh, man, God, I hate that. I hate this. I hate that. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? You're just like, oh, I don't like that. And that's okay. I'm going to go over here and like this stuff now. (laughs) Like, it's such a weird world that we live in, I think. And people are just so scared to not like things or to like things too much. It's just weird to be just do what you want to do as long as you don't hurt anybody else. It's like you do you.
0: <laughs> no, I like that. I 100% agree. I mean, yeah, don't don't be afraid to show your support for especially if you, like, if you like a band like I there's plenty of bands I like that like I have their t-shirt, I got all their CDs, like all that stuff. Exactly. You know, because I still collect CDs. I know a lot of people. You know, <laughs> they say are surprised by that. But anyway, but like I, I, if I like a band, I try to support them as much as I can. And don't, don't be afraid to go out there shows, have fun. It, it's what you like. It should, be, right. it should be, fun. Be weird.
1: Be nerdy. Do what you want to yes. do. Get into it. I don't like standing up on stage watching people just like trying to be cool. Like no, like jump around with me. Come on, be weird.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, 100% of the rate. that honestly a great segue? Because I've seen that you have some killer shows
1: <laughs> coming up.
0: What are these shows going to be? Uh, who are you with? And what can people expect? I know it's a lot of questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, we are playing in New Orleans. And we'll be playing the NGP Destination New Orleans Festival at the House of Blues. And I'm like... I've only been to New Orleans once, and it was amazing. And I played the House of Blues on the tour. And the fact that I get to go back and play the same place, I'm just like, yes, let's go! Po' Boys, man! Let's get some pole Boys! <laughs> but it's going to be so awesome. I get to play with everyone that's on my record label, Negative Gain. And we'll all be playing the 25th and 26th. And it's going to be an epic festival. It's going to be so awesome. And I'm super excited to play that one. And then in... October, I'll be playing Dracula's Ball in Philadelphia, and I don't think I've played Philadelphia yet. I played New Jersey. That's where I played the last time. But uh, yeah, this will be my first time in Philadelphia, and we'll be playing Dracula's Ball with Aria, I believe, and Bestial Mounts, which is, she's also on my label, which is super cool. It's going to be like an all-chick kind of vibe thing going on, which is cool with me. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited for these shows, and uh, we tried to keep it like the shows on the download this year, just because we're trying to get the album done. But next year, we're like, we have to tour nonstop all year, which is like, let's do it.
0: <laughs> I definitely. Hopefully, I get to catch you at a show sometime. Uh, hopefully, next year with you know the more you know touring and support of the album.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so for you, um, are there any like dream venues that you want to perform at that you have not yet?
1: Oh man, I really want to play St. Andrews Hall in Michigan. It's it's like a smaller theater-ish type place, but I've been seeing concerts there my entire life and I'm like, oh man, I would always love to play that. It's just kind of like a, a bucket list thing. But any like obviously any like enormo dome would be super cool to play, like to be at that level and like hear that many people like sing my own songs <laughs> would be insane. Um but I would, if I had to pick like any venue, I would say anything in Europe would be super cool. I'd love to hop the pond and get over there and play for all my European fans. <laughs> It'd be super cool. <laughs> well,
0: it sounds awesome. I hope you get that opportunity because I know that would be amazing. You know, not only for you but also your fans over in Europe as well. So that'd be awesome. I do hope you get that opportunity. And I do only got uh, a few more things before we start wrapping this interview up. Okay. Uh, So as I told you before this interview, before we started, uh, I discovered you uh, through um, watching the No Cover show while I was preparing notes for another band who I interviewed on No Cover. So I'm curious, I asked them like what their experience, I'm curious for you, how's your experience on No Cover?
1: It was, it was fun. It was definitely a learning experience. Um, We had gone out there, we drove out there actually, which was a whole nother experience in itself, (laughs) driving to L.A., But uh, we stayed out there for a month, I think. And it was kind of weird just because it was in the middle of like 2020 and like COVID was like a thing still. Was it 2020 or 2021? One of those. COVID was still around and it was still weird. Everybody still had to wear masks. We had to wear masks outside in line before we went in. And like, it was weird. But like everything that the judges said and everything that they gave us to work on or to like grow upon was super helpful all of the judges were super nice. I love talking to all of them, especially Lizzie. Lizzie Hale was immensely nice. She was out there with us in like the tents talking to us, giving us advice and everything. And uh, Matt Pinfield was super cool. I love talking with him. That was insane that he just sat out there and talked with us for like hours <laughs> while we were filming the show. But uh, everything that they said was super cool. And I do take a lot of what they said and I work on it here at the studio every day. And It's just super cool that I had the opportunity to like go and work with so many um, well known and like great artists and they know what they're doing. So I'm like, okay, just write all this down. Yes. What's this now? Yeah. You want me to do that? Okay. (laughs) But it was super cool. And like, even though we didn't win, like it's all good with me, you know, just like doing what you got to do and trying to take as much as you can and learn from it.
0: Now, it sounds like a really positive experience I mean, um, from like watching, you know, again, this is how I discovered you, but just watching, I, I first saw the aesthetic and your appearance. I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is different from like a lot of the <laughs> bands on the show. Then I heard the music. I was like, wow, this is really different than uh, you know, like, a lot of the bands on the show. So I'm glad you had a really positive experience with that. Thank
1: you. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: cool. Uh, so like, what was like the biggest takeaway that you learned through no cover, no cover either like from the judge's advice or just in general?
1: Oh, man, oh, let's see. I guess like, obviously, being who you are was like a big thing in one of the the episodes that we were filming with me singing, and uh, I think it was uh, Gavin Rosdale was like, you know, I don't I don't understand why you dress this way when the music is you know whatever way that the music is. And he just didn't understand the correlation. And I explained, you know, I grew up with like fashion icons like Alexander McQueen and stuff like that. And I was super into all of that. And Joan Jett was huge in my life. And she was so cool, like rocker chick all the way and just kind of molded the way that I looked. And then Bishop Briggs was like, you know, there's going to be a lot of Gavins in the world that tell you that you shouldn't dress like this or you shouldn't do what you're going to do. And you just need to not listen to them and I was like you know what you're right and I think that goes back into being just true to who you are and trying to be as much of yourself as you possibly can which is so important especially like going on stage everybody's like oh you know who's your persona on stage and I'm like no it's not really persona it's just kind of myself magnified and I like to think of it that way and it kind of came up again with Alice Cooper and he was like well my my shtick or my persona on stage is like, I'm this madman and someone's gonna cut off my head like twice in the night. I'm like, well, yeah, but your your real name's not Alice Cooper, you know, you're you're kind of putting on a show per se. And I'm just kind of going up there and just putting myself on the stage and like, here you go, if you like this, that's awesome. <laughs> But I think that was one of the biggest things, just to be confident in who you are, and it'll take you very, very far in this industry.
0: Oh no, for sure. No knowing who you are and just you know being who who you are and being confident in who you are, definitely a really great advice, and it will take you many different places.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So now I as we're wrapping up this interview, um keep you a little bit extra time. Hope you don't mind.
1: Oh no, it's all good. I love talking with you. <laughs>
0: hey, awesome. <laughs> um, so I know we kind of talked about uh, you got the upcoming live shows, you're working on the new album. Like, What's kind of the rest of this year looking like for you and uh, early 2024 as well?
1: Uh, the rest of this year is going to be crazy. Uh, I still have to lay down all the final vocal tracks for all the songs on the next album. I have to get the album artwork done, which is super fun for me. I love planning the photo shoots for that, which is cool. We're going to be working with the same guy that shot the album cover for the last album. Uh, His name's Will Foster. He's a really great friend of mine. And then hopefully, fingers crossed we have enough time, but hopefully we'll be filming music videos for a lot of these songs in the next album, which is super fun. I haven't shot a music video in so long, but uh, hopefully when we go to uh, LA, we're going to be shooting a music video in the desert for one of the songs. It'd be super cool. Hopefully there's no, like, tarantulas or, like, any bugs out there. I don't like bugs. (laughs) But yeah, this next year, this rest of the year is going to be super packed. And then next year, once the album comes out around February-ish, we hope, uh, we'll be on the road touring across America. So hopefully I'll come see everybody.
0: (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're going to be very busy for the next probably about six months uh, and in in the next year. Probably for the next year, we'll just say.
1: (laughs) Bye. (laughs)
0: Well, I I hope the uh, music video in the desert works out for you. And um, I, I mean, I can't promise no tarantulas. They're, they're probably going to be there.
1: <laughs> I'll watch where I step, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or snakes or scorpions or, you know, all that fun stuff.
1: Perfect. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it sounds like you're gonna be very busy, and uh, I know you have a lot of great things you were currently working on. So I look forward to seeing how the like the next you know 12 months kind of progress for you. Plus with the you know touring and the music and all of that, you're gonna be very busy.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you.
0: Of course, of course. So last thing uh, for everyone watching and listening, uh, where the best place to find Josie Pace online?
1: Best place to find me is josiepace.com. You can find all the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I think thread is now on there i'm not sure that's like a new thing but uh you can find everything on there including music videos music photos merch tour dates all on JosiePace.com.
0: very good very good i will drop that link in the description of this podcast as well please check on support josie pace Got a lot of great things in the works that you're currently working on so be- keep your eye out for all that as well so, for Josie Pays, I'm your host, always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty.